Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. Our reading from St. John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 1 through 9, and I hope you'll take time to read it, began with some very curious words on the first day of the week. It is a phrase which prepares us for what the resurrection is about to do. It will transform all categories of time. The first day of the week, what we moderns call Sunday, was known in the ancient church by the mysterious title of the eighth day, a term that symbolizes eternity and the first day of the new creation that the resurrection of Jesus accomplished, making all things new. We are told that Mary of Magdala came to the tomb. There's nothing unusual about that. The very purpose of a cemetery is to have a place to go, to realize our loved one is at rest, to remember our loved one, to grieve. And for people of faith, it's a place to rekindle hope that God's love is more powerful than death. Mary of Magdala, however, went while it was still dark. This was not simply the normal darkness one experiences before the rising of the sun. This was the darkness of unconsolable grief, confusion, and doubt, all of which have but one goal, to drive one into despair and surrender to the hopelessness of the grave. It is a darkness no amount of human comfort can dispel can only be shouted by him who said in chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Mary of Magdala approached the tomb and noticed something terrifying. The stone that had sealed the entrance was rolled away. She did not go any nearer. She didn't have to. She knew something horrible had happened. She saw the first sign and she ran to Peter and John to tell them the only thing that fallen human logic could conclude. They have taken the Lord. Mary of Magdala, who are they? Where would they have taken him? Why would they have removed his corpse? What purpose would it serve to do such a thing? Well, Peter and John ran to the tomb. Notice the immediacy. There was no time to think. It was a spontaneous reaction to have been an endless stream of horrors. Jesus' arrest, the disciples abandoning him, Jesus' torture and trial, Peter's denial, the carrying of the cross, Jesus' death and burial, and now this. John outran Peter and arrived at the empty tomb first, peering into it and saw the burial cloths. But John did not go in. Peter, the older of the two, had a role of authority the others did not have, and John showed respect for that. Peter then went into the tomb. He too saw the burial cloths there, and something else that John did not see, the cloth that covered Jesus' head. Curiously, 
rolled up and in a separate place. Could this have been the work of grave robbers? Now, grave robbing was not unknown in Jesus' day, but there are a number of elements that argue against it. First, Jesus was poor, and it was not Jewish custom to bury someone with their material wealth anyway. Second, when Jesus' corpse was taken down from the cross, it was anointed with about 100 pounds of aloes and myrrh purchased by Nicodemus for anointing as an act of charity. The corpse would have been quite heavy, Third, the mixture of aloes and myrrh in the heat of the season would have formed a powerful adhesive to the skin, making its removal a time-consuming job, something grave robbers would not have bothered with. And rolling up the cloth that covered the face and putting it in a place by itself would have made little sense. Finally, grave robbers would have most likely rolled the stone at the entrance of the tomb back into its position to give the impression everything was fine to cover their tracks. So it's highly unlikely someone or some group came to steal the Lord's body. This means we have to re-examine the signs. The stone rolled back, the empty tomb, the linen shroud off to the side, the cloth that covered the face rolled up and in a separate place by itself. The gospel tells us that it was the apostle John who, now listen to this, saw and believed. These two Greek words are used back to back in the gospel. To see means in Greek to have sight, to perceive, to observe the external appearance of a thing, to believe in the Greek word means obey, trust, hope. The gospel suggests that as John saw all the signs, a profound change took place within him. Natural sight gave way to spiritual insight. Natural perception gave way to openness to mystery. External forms became avenues to the truth they pointed to. Jesus is not dead. He is alive. He has risen. The entirety of John's life as a Jew, as a man in a covenant relationship with God, as a man who believed in the scriptures, as one who trusted in the writings of the prophets, as a disciple who followed Jesus, listening to him and witnessing all the miracles, all of that was the foundation for the movement of grace to take all the signs at the empty tomb and make a leap into resurrection faith. This was not psychological duress from trauma, but a truly human decision made in free will under the guidance of grace. But we have to ask, why did John believe and not Peter? They saw the same signs. They shared the same experiences with the Lord. They witnessed the same miracles. Well, the gospel gives us a bit of a clue. We are told, remember, as yet they did not understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Well, who is they? 
Peter, Mary Amandala, all the other apostles, and most importantly, you and me and every generation that comes after us. You see, there's a difference between knowing and understanding. To know means to have information about a thing. To understand, however, is a very different construct. It means to put all the bits of information together, to draw connections between the bits of information, to create a whole picture as best as one can. One can know a great deal about anatomy, but not understand how the body works in an integrated way. One may know a great deal about cattle and about horses and about farm machinery, but not understand the dynamics of ranching. Just because we know a thing does not necessarily mean we understand the thing. We may know all kinds of things about the scriptures, but that does not necessarily mean we understand them the interconnections. Only John, says the gospel, saw and believed. Only John put everything together and understood the new reality being unleashed into the world. Jesus is not dead. He is alive. A reality that would radically change the course of human history. Man is not capable of coming to this understanding alone, but he is capable of opening himself to what he sees, the signs he perceives, and accept the guidance of grace to work with the limitations of our nature to bring one to faith. Mary of Magdalene, Peter, we're not ready. John was. The real question is, are we ready? Since the gospel is the living word of Christ, it presents us with the same signs that Peter and John saw. The stone rolled away, an empty tomb, burial cloths cast aside, the cloth that covered Jesus' face rolled up in a place by itself. They are not proofs, only signs but they are signs pregnant with meaning if we allow them to be. The gospel asks us to see the signs and come to understand their meaning, to see and to believe, to put it all together under grace and make the leap into resurrection faith. The Lord will not prove his resurrection to us. He never forces us to believe, but he always invites. He wants us to struggle in coming to faith, and even after we accept the gift of faith, to struggle in developing it, entering it more deeply throughout our short lives. For it is in the process of the struggle that sight better develops into insight, that appearances give way to deeper truths. On this Easter Sunday, we are like Mary of Magdala. 
We come to the tomb in the dark. Our darkness may be from confusion, ignorance, perhaps a faith we permitted to die by neglect. Maybe our darkness is fear or doubt or the multiple layers of sin that drape over us, clouding our perception. But it is in the midst of our darkness that the gospel gives us signs. A stone rolled away from the tomb, an empty tomb, burial cloths off to the side, the cloth that covered the Lord's face rolled up in a place by itself. The signs, pregnant with meaning, speak at a level beyond words, pointing us to the truth of the Easter greeting. Christ is risen. It is up to us to accept or reject the grace, to go from sight to insight, to realize, to understand this is the eighth day, that the resurrection has made all things new, and with that understanding, give the graced response, truly, he is risen.